And we're back. Another episode of the Loading Sports Outlier Sessions, Season Three. We got another 2024 MLB Draft prospect from the high school ranks on tap for you. But before we bring our guest on for the show, I do want to give a quick shout out to the Loading Sports Performance Lab app, available now on the iOS App Store. It is the easiest way to collect and track and compare jump performance data uh, directly from your phone, iPhone, iPad, um, $5 a month for an individual user. We've got small team packages, medium team packages, large team packages, organization packages. Uh, We've got an organization that has over a thousand athletes and they jump them all in the same account. So um, yeah, again, just point and shoot with with the phone. Uh, it's as easy as taking a video. It's uh, so easy a caveman can do it. I can't say that. Geico might sue me, uh, but it is that easy. So it was made for parents to use. It was made for athletes to test other athletes. It was made for anybody to be able to pick up, use it, get valuable performance data directly on their phone, be able to track it over time, use it for benchmarking progress in the gym, use it for measuring your readiness. Uh, your physical readiness prior to a training session or a game, track your fatigue over the course of a season, dial in your routines, load and sports performance lab app again, available now iOS app store and uh, yeah, go get it. Uh, but yes, load and sports outlier session season three guests today from Nebraska. Our first guest ever from Nebraska, uh, a very large, Athlete LSU commit 2024 MLB draft prospect from Norris High School. Kale Fountain. Let's bring him in. All right. Today we have the great state of Nebraska on the hook for the first time ever, making making the debut on behalf of the state of Nebraska. Uh Kale Fountain measuring in at a mountain is 6'4, 225 pounds. See what I did there? Yeah. Mountain. Yeah. Uh, like- probably one of the more uh powerful and larger draft prospects for this 2024 MLB draft from Norris High School. Mm-hmm. Kale, thanks for uh joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um I want I want to get this started on a lighter note with a couple icebreakers. Uh I know you're from the state of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I know that you know, before we got this thing going, I said I'd never been to Nebraska. That doesn't mean I don't know anybody from Nebraska. Right? Yeah. Um, so I got to ask, are you a regular for Temperature Tuesdays at Runza? I am not. You know, I I actually I know the people or I know some of the people who own some chains of, of Runzas. And uh, I don't know, I just I never really got into it. <laughs> In a sense, <laughs> I, I think. It's funny because I live like borderline country and city, so I can kind of just go into town and there's a Raising Canes and Taco Bell and whatnot right there. So I kind of stick to to that route right there. So, what is your review on the Runza? That's something that that well, first off, describe what it is, and then you know, if anybody's crossing through Nebraska that happens to be listening to this, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I might be just a bad representation of it because I don't eat a lot of them, but. I th- it's more of just like a, kind of like a cabbage hot pocket in a sense, I think, is the best way to put it with some, you know, you throw in some meats in there and some other stuff. So I think it's a pretty healthy, healthy meal for sure. Like I went to a Nebraska football game um, 
this fall and got my first runs in a while. And it was actually pretty good, but it was like freezing cold. So just having that, that kind of hot runs there was really nice. But um, just preference for me, I just kind of choose raising canes, like I said, over the runs any other day. I, I'd probably go to runs and get a cheeseburger over that, to be honest. But it's kind of one of, you got you got to like it to, to keep going back. So, yeah, well, raising canes is is fitting considering that you're committed to LSU down there in Baton Rouge. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the first time I heard about Runzo, I mean, you, the, the way you you opened your description there, you're like, it's like a hot pocket filled with cabbage. Like, ah, <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it's a different deal. People either like it or they hate it. Um, it's it's funny. I actually had a lot of I was sitting around some Iowa fans at that game. It was in Nebraska Iowa football games, and they actually talked about how they came just for the the Runzo. Sometimes, like they just come down tailgate and eat some Runzos because they like them. And and some other people said they didn't. So it kind of varies. Uh, they get their fair share of Runza sold, so don't worry about that. Well, someday I'm going to get to Nebraska, and I'm going to try the famous Runza. There you go, for sure. I'll, I'll should, you know. Yeah, I think you'd like it, but yeah. All right, so um, I'm going to hit you with, with three different things, and you can only keep one. Okay. All right, we're, we're staying on the topic of Nebraska food items. Okay. All right, if you haven't had any of these, that's okay. Yeah. Um, you can only keep one of these. Cheese Frenchies. Okay. You might have to describe that to me. Okay. Uh, kolaches. Okay. And butter brickle ice cream. Ooh. I can only keep one. Yeah. Man, that's tough. I'm yeah, not... the, the cheese Frenchie was described as like a fried grilled cheese sandwich. Ooh, okay. I, I was between the ice cream and that. Hmm. I'd probably go with the, the Frenchie then. That sounds good. I'd probably keep that. I feel like that's kind of like an all-around. I could have that summer and winter snack, you know, because I, I, I don't really, I don't have a lot of ice cream in the summer, you know, so I kind of just keep that to a, to a winter thing. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a believer of ice cream season, and ice cream season ends right about the end of September. Yeah, and it, and it kicks back up at the beginning of summer. So yeah, I, I kind of I I do it a little bit differently. I just feel like having ice cream during the winter. You know, kind of bundle up watching a movie or whatnot and just it's kind of my favorite time to have it. I don't like having I'll just I'll just stick to like I don't know, I just I just have other different various cold foods in the summer. And I don't really get out to to have the ice cream a lot, you know, when I'm traveling so much. So Gail, I'm I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Yeah, you know, I mean this with all due respect. That's the most yeah. backwards thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, I just I just I don't know, it's kind of me and my, my family type thing. I just feel like when I'm traveling, I just don't get out to ice cream too much, you know, in the summer. I just kind of stick to, to the fast food or what, what else I can get my hands on. So There you go. Well, yeah, very good. Um, I want to switch to some some quick hitters on baseball and okay. your experience this past summer. So uh, just off the top of your head, who was the best arm you faced last summer? Um, I'm gonna go with the LSU guy and I promise it's not biased, but, uh, Caminetti, um, I saw him early on in the 18 UWWBA right before PDP. And I think that was my first true introduction to like, all right, here we go. Like this is, this is going to be a different level of baseball, obviously. And I think it was kind of like a rainy, um, misty day in, uh, in, um, Georgia. So he was kind of just, he was throwing smoke on that day, you know, just kind of like hands were a little cold, just body needed a little bit more to warm up. And then he just comes out and he's throwing 93 to five and six. And with the curveball change up slider, 
and mixing it well. Um, so he was he was different, and I'd, I'd rank Owen Hall up there too for sure. I saw him at PDP, and I got I think in my bat with him, he was like ninety six and ninety eight, and it was it was a little different. So so yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that was my that was when I the light bulb went off and realized that you know approaches got to change and all that. So. So, yeah. yeah, you're not in Nebraska anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of difference. That's the biggest thing, you know, when I talk about differences between summer and spring is, you know, not a lot of guys, um, you, not a lot of guys in, in the spring baseball, you feel have stuff that can put you away easily in two strike counts. So you, I think guys from Midwestern states may be a little bit more uh, lenient and be able to work counts a little bit more because they can drive pitches later in the counts against the not the quality competition just because those guys don't have those pitches but summer like i said it's a little bit different they can mix it and throw whatever pitch whenever they want so hey that's what it's all about game getting yeah. faster and making adjustments adjustments for sure you gotta you gotta be able to make those game to game so that was the biggest thing i picked up on for sure nice i want you to kind of flip it to the other side and and give me an idea of like who was who do you think was the best in your opinion um pure baseball player that you played with or against last summer. And then mm -hmm. also it could be the same player. It might not be the same player. Who's the best pure athlete that you shared mm -hmm. a field with last summer? Um, I'd say pure baseball player would be, it's close between for me, it'd be Ty and Ty Salvesine and Rustin Rigdon um, played against and, and with them at various events. Um, they were on my summer team, but also played against Ty at PDP and, um, they're just like they're just those guys that just create havoc on base pass at the plate. Like they're kind of just that little pest, that little ant that doesn't go away or fly in the room, and and um, they just kind of fly around and have that energy that's a little bit different. And um, playing with them, I learned a lot, and um, just like how they go about their business is different in a sense. And I picked up a lot on on how they how they do that. So they they were different animals for sure. I know I, I couldn't narrow them down like that. They, they'd come at me for that. So. No, nah, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, that's that's awesome. Now, would you categorize either of them as the best athlete that you shared a field with last summer? Um, that's tough. I I feel like I need to throw a pitcher in there because they get the they need the respect for being athletes too. Um, <laughs> so I'd probably go. I played with Aiden Hayes is one of them. Um, yep. who's a who's a freak athlete on the mound, just the way he moves. Um, and Ryan Sloan too really sticks out. Um, just, just, you know, he's a bigger guy, just the ability he has on the mound and the way he mixes and uses his body. I got to watch it from third. So I got the, the open angle mechanics and it was, it was something different for sure. So it was cool to see. Well, I think you got a good eye for that stuff because yeah. I got some information that suggests that both those guys are pretty good athletes. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're real good. I promise you that. So yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, you live in Nebraska and I know you're in like the Southeast part of the state. And for people who aren't familiar with Nebraska, it's really big. Mm -hmm. It's a yeah. really big state. Um, but I'm curious as to where your major league baseball fanhood gravitated towards growing up. Was it Kansas city or was it somewhere else? So it's actually the Braves, Atlanta Braves. Um, and the reason being is, so I, I'm also a Bills fan and that's just because my dad was like, everything stems from my dad and, and what he liked to watch. So what he told me was growing up, the only channel that came in for baseball games was, I want to say TBS or something where the Braves were, would play um, whenever they were playing at home, that game would be on. So he kind of just, that was the only team he could watch. So he kind of just liked them. And then I also was a huge fan of Chipper Jones and watching him play. 
Um, so I actually went down to the 2012 postseason game, uh, his last game ever, and watched him play against the Cardinals. If you remember that infield fly rule that was called, um, and the ball landed in the outfield. Um, yeah. So that all that chaos, I was actually at that game. We got to experience that, and been a Braves fan ever since. So we were on top of the world, I think, what, in 21 or 22, whatever it was, and watching Freddie get a ring, too, before he left was pretty cool. So I think they're in a good spot, though, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I was a little bummed to see Freddie leave. I'm not a Braves fan myself, but uh, he just felt like he fit the Braves. I thought he was going to be a lifer. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I got Matt Olson now, and he's he's the hometown guy, so. Yeah, no, I I, t- I took Matt Olson. <laughs> I I like that trade, or or I like guess signing in a sense. So that was that was a good pickup, I'd say for sure. Yeah, got younger and didn't lose the bat. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Massachusetts, and I remember uh, I had my pick between the Red Sox and the Braves every night when I turned mm-hmm. on TV at seven o'clock. So yeah, um, it is kind of interesting though, like living in Nebraska where you don't really have professional sports teams. Yeah, you just kind of like have like a scattered, like oh Bills Braves. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it goes around for sure. I just think of um, like a lot of my buddies like football and, and like there's a lot of Cowboys fans, obviously Chiefs fans. Um, Broncos is another big one. Um, yeah. So just kind of, it just kind of varies to just, I think you kind of just pick one based on what your parents liked or you just gravitate towards one when you're, lo- when you're younger. Like my cousins all like the Lions and one like the Broncos. So it just kind of all depends. So yeah. That's fun. Um, have you ever jumped through a table? Through a table for oh Bills Mafia yeah I, I'm not that crazy no no I've yeah. seen I've seen them light themselves on fire and do that on Twitter though that's that's a little different uh yeah I, I saw that too and struggle to get the fire to go out once they hit the ground <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know how they do it and and it's crazy too because I'm sure you saw the the way they removed all the snow for the games and and the volunteer stuff they put in so. At least if I, I'm not a huge football fan, but at least I chose a fan base that cares. So I feel like I, I could be a little part of it. So, yeah, no doubt. I sure. was a little bummed that they didn't play that game, but I understand that it was dangerous. Yeah, no, I know. I I wanted them. I wanted them to beat the Chiefs. That was kind of a heartbreaker. I don't like the Chiefs at all. So I yeah, just well, wanted Allen to have his moment. So conversation for a different podcast, but there's a little yeah. bit of narrative there. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um. Okay, so you talked about liking Chipper Jones, mm-hmm. um, but who's your favorite player in the game right now? Um, I'd honestly probably go with I always me and my brother like Acuna a lot, but that's kind of an obvious answer. So I'd kind of go I'd go with a sleeper in Austin Riley, just okay. because similar, similar positions, similar builds, and um, just kind of watching him play. Obviously, you want to kind of mimic what he does and. Um, I think he's a really good centerpiece to that that Braves lineup and doesn't get some of the attention he deserves and what he does because he's surrounded by guys like Acuna and Olsen and um, Albies. So I, I like that he kind of just knows his, his role and, and does his job and, and attributes to the team. So, Were you aware that in high school, most teams evaluated him as a pitcher and the Braves were actually one of the only teams that had him in as a position player? I feel like I may have heard that, but not. I, it doesn't ring a bell as much. No, I think I may have saw it on like a broadcast when they were talking about him, but that, that was a while back. But I did not know that he's got he's got a build for it because he's kind of stocky too. So yeah, but it's it's just crazy that he turned into what he turned into as a position player after everyone had him. Yeah, as a pitcher, but well, he's just an athlete. It's just what he's supposed to do. So 
it's worked out for him. I'm sure he's pretty happy with, with where he's at. So, oh, no doubt. I mean, yeah. 30 home run, third baseman playing for the Braves. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, all right, last quick hitter, and then we're going to get into some long-term athlete development questions. Uh, okay. What was your kindergarten teacher like? Um, it's funny. I think her last name was actually um, you know how for LSU they spell go with the G E A U X. Um, I think her last name her last name was Bordeaux, um, okay. with E A U X. So kind of kind of funny how that all came in a full circle there. Um, you know, I think we we're actually getting invited to, our, to my grad party too this year. And she was young at the time and she just, I just remember her being involved in everything we did. She had a lot of patience, that's for sure, to okay. be working with us as kindergartners. So, um, she, she was awesome for sure. Yeah. That's awesome that you're going to invite her, yeah. uh, to your grad party. And there's, there's still a relationship there. I, I don't think people appreciate enough, um, those early grade school teachers and then yeah. also like the, the early coaches that deal with all the kids that are running around. It's like hurting yeah. cats, but, yeah. um, you know, you create positive experience in kids' lives at that point. It really, you know, sets their track for, you know, the next 10 years of their life. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we practice out at a facility, me and my high school buddies, and, um, they have a youth development program that goes through there and we were hidden in one cage last night and they had a practice with all the young kids going and, just watching them play baseball and the coaches, you know, um, interacting with them. Like you can either positively or negatively affect their, their motor for baseball going forward. And it's crazy to think that just those people can shape that for you. So make sure you, it's good to have those people that, that drive you forward for sure. Yeah. It's good to find a good one. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Uh, so in Europe, the development model is that like the, the most experienced and the best coaches they put at the youngest age groups. Really, and then it kind of goes in reverse. And then here in the United States, like obviously, our college coaches and professional coaches get paid <clears throat> get paid the most money. So yeah, kind of backwards, but yeah, um, it makes sense when you think about the European model because it's like, oh, these kids mm -hmm. are growing, their brains are growing, they're learning things so rapidly, and then yeah, you know, put the I wonder what difference that would make in the United States is if we went about that route, but. I guess we'll we'll probably never figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I think that ship has sailed, but uh, yeah. I think it would be really interesting running into any other country in any other sport if that was the case. For sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, besides the point, let's uh, we kind of whet our appetite there on long term athlete development. Something that's mm -hmm. important to us at Loden Sports. It's something I love talking about with you know guys like you getting ready yeah. to get into you know college baseball, pro baseball, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. kind of pick your brain on on kind of how your brain ticks on that stuff but uh the first thing that i want to start with is something that i do every day and it's um three things that you're grateful for today so i'm gonna let you go first and then i'll hit my three and then we'll keep going um i would just say i know it's, it's kind of vague but just my my blessings and, and my faith and um i guess my family coming home to my family and and having that support system and and um, going through the summer and spring seasons with them. Um, I'd say probably my room, my own personal space to kind of, you know, get things done, homework, um, digest the day, what, what I need to do going forward to get better. Um, and then my dog would be probably the third one, to be honest. And, you know, just having, having him in the house. And we got a dog a couple of years ago, COVID dog. So um, I know it's kind of in the home because, but that's what that's what's important is coming home to that support system and having those people. So I guess I'm just grateful for 
the house and, and the people I have within. So that's awesome. What kind of dog you got? Golden Doodle. So Golden Doodle. Yeah, he's a, he's a little excited. It's kind of sad because every time I leave for school in the morning, I'm always the last one out of the house because I have release period um, for school, so I don't have to go till nine. But he was so used to us being um, at the house all day during COVID, and then now we all start leaving, obviously for work and school. So he's he's had to adapt a little bit. So he's gone through it. Yeah, me and my wife adopted a dog last May, and I yeah. I, kind of, I work from home mostly, but sometimes I travel, sometimes I go out, whatever. So. Uh, he's, he's really spoiled cause I'm around most of the time, but he definitely, uh, starts pacing. He gets that separation anxiety when I leave. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, he just starts, uh, like his tongue comes out, starts panning and, and drooling and it can, it can get pretty nasty. Like you can come home and there's some puddles somewhere, but, but he's awesome. When, when we get home, he's all right. So yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, that's awesome. All right. My three things for today, uh, a 50 degree day in January. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially when the sun comes out, you can go out there in a t-shirt if you want. Awesome. Uh, number two, a day where you cross everything off your to-do list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wake up, you make your list of everything to do. At the end of yep. the day, it's all done. Mm-hmm. No carryover. Yep. Uh, and then thing number three is just a, a really small thing that we can all do. It's just when people wave, you know? Yeah. You're out for a walk, you wave to someone, you're driving in the car, you wave to some like a complete stranger, like... Yeah, just kind of a courtesy type deal, right? Yeah. Yeah, it goes a long ways. Especially a small town, you know, kind of the world where I grow up and or grown up and waving at everyone you see in town. You know, you know all your buddies by their cars too in a small knit community. So when you see them up the road, you can give you know you're gonna give them a little wave when they drive by. So Yeah, that's mostly a good thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Uh, second LTAC question is related to routines and efficiency. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple layers to this, but we all have the same 24 hours every day. How do you block out your 24 hours and kind of what does that look like? I know you got a lot of things going on, baseball, yeah. school, um, just kind of break break down like the average 24 hours that you go through. Um, so I actually have two different days um, because I work out in the morning um, every other day. Um, I'll just kind of do the heavy hitting day where I work out. So I usually start in the morning around six with a, with a buddy of mine. And so we can kind of knock that out before school um, so that we don't have to worry about it. We can just do the baseball stuff after, but we'll hit that in the morning from about six, uh, um, seven forty-five. get home and, and obviously get a good breakfast in, in us and then head out to school around nine fifteen. Um some of the classes I can give you some of those, like I'm taking ceramics and, and guitar to kind of get some of those skills down. And then um, like AP stats and um, accounting um, literature and some other classes that I hit um, from nine to three. And then after that, we have our, our team meeting practices where we just work on various skills before the season. Um, it's kind of player, it's player led because the coaches can't be involved um, prior to the season. So, um, we kind of just organize that and go out to the facility from about five. Um, so like if we field with everyone that day, then I'll just hit after um, kind of on my own or maybe with some other guys. So kind of just flip flops on, on what I do with the team. And then I do the other thing I need to knock out. Um, so it's just infield hitting stuff. Um, and then I get home and, and eat and hang out with the family and, and kind of just refuel for the next day, take nutrition important. So make sure I'm getting enough food in myself and, and meal, meal plan for everything. So that's pretty much about it. Like I, I got, I got home from school like 30 minutes ago, 
head out to the facility, be back around 738 and have the rest of the night to hang out before tomorrow. So nice. Do you cook? I do. Sometimes with it, it I kind of do the leftovers with my mom. My mom helps me meal prep. Um, so we'll do a lot of chicken stuff. Like if we make lasagna, um, I can take, bring that to school and heat it up the next day. So I, I dabble in and out for sure. Yeah, there you go. I always say if, if you learn how to cook, then you never have a bad meal. No, not at all. You can't judge yourself like that. No. Yeah, it's such it's such low-hanging fruit in life, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, if you could add a 25th hour to the day and you could spend it doing anything except what you currently do, okay? Mm-hmm. How would you spend that 25th hour? Besides what I currently do. So I can't. Hmm. I was going to say another rest hour to, to refuel because everyone could use that. It's a good answer. Um, I would say probably volunteer work with like the younger, younger uh, teams that I talked about going out and helping out with those practices. We have opportunities to do that, but sometimes the, the schedules overlap each other. So some like me and my teammates can get out there to help them out. So I would probably throw another hour in there from like five to six to be able to go out and help them before I come home. So awesome. Yeah. Um, last question in regards to routine and efficiency, mm-hmm. uh, something that seems to derail efficiency and it's not just for high school students. It's not just for college students. Mm-hmm. It's for adults. It's for everybody. Yeah. Screen time. Mm-hmm. Uh, how disciplined are you with screen time? Yeah, that's something that I've, taken notice to the last year for sure getting off of apps like like TikTok and, and various various things that just kind of eat up your time um during the week my, my screen time is, is way down because um we actually have to put our phones up throughout the day like at classes so that we're focused on on what we're doing so i'd say i'm on it for maybe 30 minutes to an hour at school at the most and then um most of the time, like when I come home, I'm already tired from all the stuff I do. So I might throw on a show and then start heading to bed or something like that. But um, I try I try and keep track of it a little bit. Um, it's not to the point where I need to put restrictions on it like like other people I may know. Um, but I make sure to monitor that a little bit so that I'm also getting unplugged and recovering and and prioritizing what's important. So, yeah, it's crazy. I actually do appreciate that at the end of the week, Apple tells you what your screen time was yeah. for the past week. Yeah, um, it's important for sure. Yeah, because if it, if it is too high, then it gives you a nice little smack in the face. So like, hey, yeah. get yourself. Yeah, in I, don't, I don't. I don't judge the weekends though. The weekends are a different story when you're when you got all day because I can condense all my work into like two or three hours, and you kind of have the rest of the day to hang out and refuel and eat. So you kind of you're kind of forced to sit around and, and socialize or just throw on a movie or show with your family. So. Read a book, Kale. <laughs> I know, I know. That's a good. I actually got some right here. I just got done reading uh, Tim Tebow's book a while back about shaking. Is what oh, I think very cool. Called. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're a big reader. Um, I do. Well, from cl- for classes, I read a lot. Um, I think like when I was a sophomore and freshman, um, they gave us like a certain like an X amount of books we had to read per semester. Um. It's just, I guess when I get time, I get around to it, the Bible and everything. So, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, did you play other, I mean, you're a big dude, you're mm-hmm. athletic. Did you play other sports growing up? Yeah. I played all three basketball and football and, uh, I was pretty good at both of them. Um, baseball is just kind of the outlier. So I just stuck with it. Cool. Um, yeah what ignited your interest in baseball at a young age and were there any key moments 
uh, or key people that kind of stand out as, you know, I guess like key figures. I just said yeah. key like six times in, in one sentence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but what kind of like ignited your interest in baseball? Yeah. Um, I kind of talked about earlier just following in my dad's footsteps. And I think he, he would even admit he was a little bit more biased and kind of pushing us towards one sport, uh, like gravitating our work towards one sport. Um, like when we got to middle school, I think we both realized that baseball was was what was right for me. And we kind of decided to run with that. But just going back to the younger years, like he played at um, Iowa Western and and pitched at a, um, I think it was called Cameron in Oklahoma um, after Iowa Western. So um, like I said, he just kind of had that bias towards it. And uh, we all, like all my brothers are tall, um, you know, kind of not like lanky, but have good, like good build. Like, like you talked about the strength and everything, cause he's a bigger dude. And, and um, I think we saw the best opportunity with baseball. And um, he's been involved with everything we've done. Like he's been my coach since I was younger um, for all three of my brothers. So he's been really important. And my mom's also there with him too. And she really loves the game. Um, I think he got her into it. And uh, it's kind of just a family deal. You know, we just all play base- baseball. It's our, our favorite sport. So That's awesome. Are you yep. the oldest, youngest, yep. middle? Yep. So it's it, they're all two years apart. So there's a 24. I'm a 24. Uh, Bryce Fountain, Bryce is a 26. And Trace is a 28. And Bryce is going to pitch at Nebraska. He's oh, nice. Yeah. So he was actually bigger than I. Yeah, he was bigger than I was when I was a sophomore. So he's got a he's got a lot to to fill out for sure. So very cool. Um, Okay, last one, long term athlete development related, and then we'll Mm -hmm. get back to talking about baseball. But um, you hinted at it a little bit before with your uh, rest and recovery. But let's talk a little bit about sleep and what your relationship is like with sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sleep has been another thing in the past year or two I've taken seriously. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a coach who's really involved with with everything we do at the high school, tracking our nutrition, and even introducing us to tracking our sleep and um, like the the whoop bands or whatever they're called. Like I don't have one of those, but yeah, there you go. Like yeah. the the Fitbits or whatever else. Um, there's a lot of things that track deep sleep and and whatnot. But um, I think I really like noticed. Um, like sleep is more important for, obviously for recovery. And I, I saw those gains, like when I started to sleep more, like getting seven to eight hours a night on a consistent basis. Um, it does no good to, to sleep eight hours one night and sleep five the next night and just kind of jumble around. So you got to, once I found that routine, like I was recovering faster, I wasn't as sore the next day from lifts or throwing or, or whatever it may be. And, um, you know, it's just also like that time to, to help your body just, decompress and not be under stress from lifting or, or what else because it goes we as baseball players you know a lot of unorthodox movements with throwing and stuff our body um undergoes a lot of stress so so yeah yeah and you know baseball players pretty much have to play every day once you get into you know college or professional baseball so sure. you don't really have you can't really afford to take a night off from good sleep but no. i like to say that sleep is the uh, most potent performance enhancer and the great thing about it is it's completely legal yeah for sure there's there's a lot of studies too that we that me and my coach and teammates have read about that too and that being like more important than than what you said like it's it's the best form of of getting you where you need to be and just enhancing your performance like you said so Awesome. Well, uh, this next question I'm going to ask you is, is regarding your college commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I, I think you already answered it before they found yeah. you at Racing Canes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's not every day that Nebraska commits to LSU. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk me through the recruiting process, who else was on you, and then kind of how LSU came into play and then making the decision to go down to Baton Rouge. Yeah, I it was actually after the uh, the junior national, um, my sophomore summer. Um, I decommitted from Florida State after their coaching changes. And um, I think I had I had the opportunity to go play in the SEC. Um, it was kind of always my – I don't want to say dream because playing D1 baseball is such a blessed opportunity to have, but, you know, playing at the, at Alex box is, is a different feeling and it hits her hits closer to home for me. So I kind of knew I was going to gravitate towards the SEC in a sense. And once I had those opportunities, I was talking to all those schools, um, ended up narrowing it down to, to Texas and Mississippi state and Arkansas. Um, and LSU obviously took my visits, took my time. Um, luckily for me, the coaching change at Florida State was kind of a good timing because I could, it was like right around that junior year threshold where I could talk to coaches um, freely now. So I was blessed with that opportunity. And um, it was just a little bit different with LSU. And I kind of said I was going to gravitate towards them a little bit more because I watched them at the College World Series, which is only an hour away from my house. And um, just knowing that their fan base travels like they do, like they care about baseball the way, the way they do. Um, and then just meeting Jay, Coach Jay Johnson and, and staff who recruited me was kind of just the, the final factor to, to put it all all over for me. So, yeah, talk a little bit about like the allure and the mystique of LSU because it's one thing to say, "Hey, I want to go play in the SEC," but LSU is just a little bit different, and I think yeah. everybody can kind of you know see that that pays attention to, to college baseball and yeah, Alex Box selling out for pretty much every game, over ten thousand fans, like. They're a little bit like, you know, a professional sports team in their mm-hmm. town because there isn't a professional sports team in Baton Rouge. So uh, just talk a little bit about like that, the allure of LSU. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And like I went to the the College World Series last year, um, was lucky, lucky enough to catch a game and just seeing how well they, they travel and just like like people from this area, like just rally behind their fan base just because it's fun to be an LSU fan, like when they're in town and playing in Omaha. And like in Louisiana, like I'm sure it's two times better with all those people that are true, like Louisiana, like they've lived there for their whole life and watched LSU their whole life. And now that, you know, obviously LSU has been at the pinnacle of college baseball for a while, but now they just, they just came off a national championship. They've had guys like Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens and Ty Floyd go through there and then Alex or Barry um, in the past couple of years. And just I think they see the the growth and development of what's going on and the fans want to be a part of it and it's and it's awesome and, and I love it. I think um, in my opinion, like guys who come out of LSU and, and places like Arkansas, um, who are filled with stand, or fans every single night, like they're the most pro ready in my opinion, because they're around that atmosphere and they're playing in front of all those people. Um, cause there is a little bit different pressure when you go to Alex Box to play in various stadiums. So so yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a pro-ready element to it, but then yeah. there's the other side of it where, you know, <laughs> uh, you go from state-of-the-art facilities in the SEC to, you know, rookie ball, and it looks a little different. But yeah, um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a different conversation. I do want to uh, ask you, do you have a favorite player on LSU currently? Um, Gavin Gidry would probably be my favorite just because okay. he was my, my host for my visit. And uh, – I think he's kind of the embodiment of doing what's best for the team. He kind of, you know, went in as a shortstop and he's still going to play shortstop for, for um, LSU. But um, they saw that he had a role on the mound as a reliever 
And um, they had Jordan Thompson at shortstop, so it would be hard to beat him out, obviously, as a freshman. And um, he kind of assumed his role and just ran with it and threw the last pitch of the college baseball season. So it's pretty cool. And now he's going to get his opportunities in the field and and be able to do both. So it's just kind of showing the athleticism. So it was cool to see and follow, especially because, like I said, I knew him. So. Yeah, no doubt. I think I remember him from high school. Is he a, a Louisiana high school kid? Yeah, Barb I think he was a Barb. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Powerhouse, Barb, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about Powerhouse high schools here in a second. But uh, you're big, strong, athletic, probably one of the better combinations of size and athleticism in the class. How does your athleticism play on a baseball field, and how important is it to you? Yeah, I think that's the one of the biggest biggest things I learned this summer um, is just utilizing my strength and understanding that just putting back to ball, like if I miss hit a ball, I'm strong enough to put it in the gap deep and hit it harder than, than most people would when they miss a ball. So once I started to understand that, um, I just started to run with it and I saw more success towards the end of the summer because I was being aggressive. Like I remember I, when I played at Baseball Factory, and early on area codes when I was just hunting pitches early in counts, um, I was finding more success. So just trying to utilize that strength and arm strength, um, also being an athletic mover in the field because, you know, you could have all that strength, but if you don't use it right, then, then it's not going to come up the way you want it to and you're not going to utilize it all. So I think that's the biggest thing that that's also grown for me is the athleticism side of things. Like being a good runner has opened up so many doors for me, um, especially defensively because – Oh, I want to stick at third as long as I can, but it also opens up doors to, to right field, left field, um, not just labeled as just the first baseman, which is really important. So so I'm looking forward to to helping out wherever it may be in the field. So, Yeah, I mean, the way that I usually look at it is if you got a guy at third base who's you know got plus athleticism, mm-hmm. um, even if he doesn't <laughs> stick there, if he goes over to first base, he's got a chance to be a, a plus defender at first base yeah. as opposed to just a first baseman, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, and it's the same thing, you know, moving, you know, move you to the outfield. It's like, well, you got a chance to have plus range if you can run. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like the biggest thing with the athleticism. It just kind of expands where your ceiling's at. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned it earlier and like you hit the nail on the head, right? Like you're missing mm-hmm. balls into the gap, you know? Yeah. And um, I think that's kind of the beauty of, you know, being big, strong and athletic yeah. is that you've got a little bit more wiggle room on certain things that allow you to do, and then, you know, when you do square it up, you send the ball to the moon and no one else yeah, can do that. So for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's it's fun. I just like I always think about, you know, LSU doesn't win a national championship if Trey Morgan doesn't make that play against Wake Forest on that bunt. Like so you need you need athletic defenders all around the field. So it's good to see that that's kind of developing for me. So I know that um, I can be confident in, in wherever it may be, you know, just helping the team win. Like if I do get put at first base, just being the best first baseman, I can be a right fielder, a left fielder, a third baseman. So, well, I just think back to like the, the Houston Astros, um, you know, go back to 2017, 2018. And, you know, Yuli Gurriel's playing first base and he got signed as a shortstop. And Jose Altuve was playing second base and he got signed as a shortstop. Alex yeah. Bregman was playing third base. He played shortstop at LSU. Mm-hmm. And the best shortstop out of the four played shortstop, Carlos Correa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, yeah. yeah, for any kids listening to this, or if you're a coach and you deal with kids, make sure uh, you pass the message along. You heard it from Kale. He lived it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for <an> sure. <laughs> it's just funny, too, because, you know, you see all the, the international signings, too. Um, like, I was kind of looking at those, and I followed those, and 
like all those guys, a lot of those guys are labeled as shortstops, and then they just kind of move to wherever the, the team needs, in a sense. Like, they're not all going to play shortstop. There's not going to be 180 shortstops in one organization, you know? So it's just cool to see, like, all those guys know they're athletic enough to stick at shortstop, but they're also athletic enough to play at any other position in the field. Maybe maybe besides catcher, that's kind of a, a different realm, but, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you really think about it, the odds of playing shortstop in the big leagues are – so slim like there's only 30 shortstop jobs in the big leagues yeah and you think about it like in any given year in college baseball you know division one college baseball there's you know over 200 mm-hmm. guys that play shortstop every day in division one college baseball yeah and For then sure. you go look at the odds beyond that and it's you know only less than a third of mlb shortstops played college baseball you yeah know, it's a lot of like high school drafts international guys whatever it is so yeah it's kind of crazy if, yeah, you, you accomplish that. It's a it's a different market for sure, but yeah. it's it's cool to see the guys like like I talked about Ty and and Rustin like they're all they're all shortstops and watching them move like I think they have a really good shot. So it's it's gonna be fun to see where everyone pans out. So nice. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your training a little bit. Uh, how do you train? How often does it ebb and flow depending on the time of the year? And then what sorts of things are you doing in your training? Um, are you speaking just, uh, baseball specific things or lifting stuff or does it matter? No, I mean, whatever you want to touch on. Yeah. I, I think, um, this off season, I prioritize more of the mobility and running um, type deals. Um, you know, like I talked about, I go over to a facility now in the morning. I have a personal trainer that I lift with four times a week. Um, just, focusing more on being powerful rather than just, rather than just loading up a bar, like with 500 pounds and trying to squat it five or six times, you know? So it's yep. just kind of staying healthy, trying to stay healthy on the field and, and hitting those things. Um, just making sure you're staying powerful and mobile and running. Like I'm sprinting four times a week now, which is good for, for my body and um, that explosive work. Um, and in terms of baseball, it's just been a lot of swing decision stuff. Um, working on some bat path things too, mechanically, um, not getting stuck on my backside and getting through the baseball, um, but also just seeing the ball well out of the hand. Um, I'm sure you've seen those like driveline kind of foam balls that spit out a little bit differently. Yep. Um, use those a lot to kind of mimic ride with a pitcher or two seam or four seam or or whatever pitch I want. Um, and a lot of two ball drill stuff that it, that it kind of um, challenges me in my BP rounds, which is really important. And um, just also being an athletic mover in the, in the infield and outfield. Um, getting both best of both worlds and in, in my work that I do. Um, it kind of just sucks. I'm confined to like a little barn um, as it's cold out. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, in Nebraska in the cold, um, yeah. but I do the best I can um, with trying to get as many ground balls as possible, playing catches as often as possible, um, simulating um, long toss into a net um, in front of us. So you just kind of got to improvise and, and do what, do what's working. So. Nice. Um, it sounds like you're doing all the right things. Yeah. I mean, you're working power, you're doing speed stuff uh, on the baseball training and you're building really good routines. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a high school athlete, which they're going to be with you, you know, whether you go to college and a pro ball for the rest of your career. Yeah. For um, sure. And I think from those qualities that you're training, like, you know, when you talk about how important when you beat people in the head with how important athleticism is, it really is your longevity. So, mm-hmm. you know, where you're sprinting at right now, from that standpoint, well, you're going to get to an age in the next couple of years where like, you're not going to be able to improve your sprint speed just because you're going to be at physical maturity. But then it becomes a game of maintaining that power, maintaining that speed 
And the longer you can maintain that stuff with your routines, yeah, then the longer you hold on to your physical tools and then that potentially elongates your career on the other end. So yeah. Well, really put it into perspective for me, and I don't know if you'll know the name. She's a really big volleyball player, probably the best to go through Nebraska. Uh, Jordan Larson, if you know that name. No. Uh, anyway, she works out at the same facility that I'm at, and um, she's kind of like in the same – like she got to like a physicality she felt comfortable with, and then I see her in there stuff in there every day, and she's just doing mobility stuff and trying to stay on the field and stay healthy and powerful. And um, that really put it into perspective for me because – um, obviously I'm at a size now where I feel comfortable and I've, I'm strong and I can still put weight on and, and move weight faster. And that's the goal is just getting in there and being more powerful and staying on the field as long as possible. So it's been good. Awesome. Well, it's great to hear that. Uh, yeah. Keep doing that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. Norris high school. We talked, you know, we alluded to it earlier. Uh, you know, for, for people who are familiar with baseball or just familiar with athletics in general, Norris <laughs> high school rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Um, for Nebraska, some history. There's a couple guys that I remember, even just from the past five or six years, and I'm sure I'm missing some here, but like yeah. Austin Schultz, who went to Kentucky, is now in the Tigers organization. Uh, Zach Argo went to Air Force. Uh, he was a guy who threw pretty hard. And then C.J. Hood was probably the most recent one. Yeah, we go to Nebraska, and then he just transferred to Long Beach? Yep, yep, that's right. But like good body up to 95, 3,000 RPM breaker. Uh, what's it like playing at Norris and, you know, do the alumni come back, stay in contact? Have you met these guys? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I stay in contact, um, with most of them, to be honest with you. Another one's also Jackson Reitz, um, in 2013, um, who's drafted out of high school and, and went to the nationals organization, actually got some big league at bats with them. Um, but just having access to those guys has been, have been awesome because, you know, Austin played in the SEC, um, and just he can kind of talk me through some of those experiences. Like I see him at various workouts um, out of the facility or in the morning at the facility we work out with. Um, so just kind of being around those guys and seeing the ins and outs of, of where college baseball is taking them, like what works for them, um, how do they you know budget their time and, and go about their business. Um, just kind of picking up on little cues. I'd say I'd say I stay the closest with CJ because I played with him in 2021 um faced him one of the most disgusting breaking balls i've ever seen in my life like like he talked about it um he's just like a natural freak and now that he's getting into a good program at, at long uh, or in california um i think he's really gonna run run with it and uh just stay in touch with those guys they just kind of helped me pave my own path so it's been good that's awesome what's the uh outlook look like for the spring season you guys gonna make a run at the the state championship or how you yeah looking? Yeah, I think um sure you know Norris will always be good no matter no matter what just because of the people we have there and development that goes on. Um I think we're going to have a team similar similar to last year. Um we're kind of young in a sense. Um a lot of guys will be getting varsity bats and and innings for the first time. So it might be one of those seasons where you start off a little shaky. Like last year we started 3 and 3. Um and I don't, I think we went on like a 15 or 14 game win streak after that. So I think it's going to be one of those things where guys build as the season goes on and gets better. And um, by the time state comes around, we're going to be in our best shape. We just need some things to go our way, some luck and to play well. And then um, hopefully we, you know, we can win the state championship. So you have to wear a different number for each game so that they pitch to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm actually, cha- I'm changing it up this year. We finally got a, I needed a bigger Jersey. It only went up to number 22 in the XL and I got bigger. So I needed a, to upgrade that. So I'll be 24 now, which is my dad's number. So 
Yeah, message to all the scouts out there. If you if you <laughs> happen to make your way out to Norris, number twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm sure you won't miss bring, them. Bring a, make sure you have a coat because that <laughs> spring cold will get you. So bring a coat and a couple of runses. There you go, for sure, for sure. Um, all right. So it's not every year that there's a draft prospect out of Nebraska, but there happens to be multiple um, yeah. high school guys that are potentially of draft interest in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, up closer to Omaha, shortstop named Tyson Lewis. Yeah. I'm assuming you guys crossed paths. So you were both on the circuit. Uh, do you know him? What's the relationship like? Is there a bond there? Yeah. Uh, what do you got on Tyson? Yeah, no, I like Tyson a lot. I, I think he's he's one of those guys that um, like just sticks to to what he knows is right. You know, he he works um, he works hard with, at what he does. Like he's got a good good support system with his family. Um, we've had times where we've hit for teams um, this off season together, um, just kind of like a, a package thing so that they can see us at the same time, make it easier. But um, I actually played against them growing up in youth baseball um, all my life. And, um, you know, we made butt heads at times like our teams and, and just because we're just competitors and we, we go about um, how we play baseball in an important way and um, we want to win. So I think we have a lot of similarities in that. And throughout the summer, um, we kind of saw that click with each other. Um, obviously, we're, we're an hour away, so we don't stay as, as close as we get to the offseason because we kind of focus on our teams and, and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, but I think he's got a real good shot to have a good spring and put himself in a good position, which is cool to see. You know, you, you want these the guys from Nebraska to have success when they go off to college or pros or whatever it may be. Um, so it just kind of just puts a good rep on for the state, for the, for the next generation of guys. Um, like there's a lot of 2025 guys that are good too. Danny Wallace rings a bell too. Um, so some guys that'll be getting some attention for sure. We just kind of want to lay the ground for them so that they can keep building it up. So, yeah, I mean, I think you guys both benefit from having each other an hour away, especially sure. in a state like Nebraska. Cause yeah. like if, they, if they come in to see Tyson, they're going to come in to see kale. If they come yeah. in to see kale, they're going to come in to see Tyson. So, for sure. um, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, the whole scouting thing is crazy. They're on planes for the entire spring. So it's kind of, yeah. nice you know, not fly to one uh, last it was yeah last spring walker martin it's mm-hmm. like an hour and a half north of denver mm-hmm. uh, at a small high school eating high school and it's like well if you're gonna come out i mean you're coming out to see one guy <laughs> yeah yeah no it's good to have tyson like you said because we can package deal that and make it a two for one for them so i mean those, those guys work so hard with getting to see everyone so it's it's cool to, to see that they made time to come see us both so so it's awesome yeah great well uh last summer I got to ask you what your favorite event was, mm-hmm. why it was your favorite event. And then what was the most important thing that you learned about yourself while on the circuit? Um, my favorite event would have to be, um, I narrowed it down to two. I can't, I can never choose. Um, the MWSA um, played at Kaufman, um, the Midwest Scouts Association. So it's kind of all the Midwest um, guys, just because, you know, I know I'm more closer with all those guys like Tyson was there and, and other guys from Omaha um, have had opportunities to show um, what they can do. So also playing in the big league stadium was kind of different. So um, being around all those guys for the past two years was really cool. And I really liked the baseball factory one at um, Texas this year, uh, World Series champions, um, got to play in their stadium. Um, I just liked it because it was more of kind of like the, you got the professional, I guess, like you get to the field, you get to, we got to eat at the clubhouse, um, hang out for like an hour before we went and take, um, took BP 
Um, so we kind of, it was kind of just like a relaxed weekend where we could just um, have fun and showcase what we want to do. So it was really cool. Yeah. That's a cool ballpark down there. Yeah. Cool for sure. yeah um, it was awesome. But yeah, what did, what did you learn about yourself this summer? Yeah. Um, I would say just, I gotta be able to control, you know, control the moment, control the controllables. Like baseball is such a tough game. Um, where most of the time you're just going to get beat. Like, you know, you know, you hear it all the time, three out of 10 times, if you find success, like you're going to be really good at baseball for a long time. And, um, you know, there may be a batch where, like I said, you just get the a pitcher's three best pitches and they just beat you in that, in that moment. Um, so just kind of sticking to, to what you think is right in your routine and falling back on, on your support system. Um, so overall, I just learned that you just got to stick to, to your routine and just let it all pan out and it'll play in your favor. So awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to get you out of here on this one. Uh, this one's a little bit of a cupcake. Just talk about, okay. you know, how you're handling the draft buzz. Um, mm -hmm. I'm assuming you've had a fair amount of scouts in home or on the cage. Yeah. How's that experience been for you? And just kind of, how are you, you know, taking it all in and, and managing all that? Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is just realizing that whatever path it is, is there's no bad path and in, in going to college or, or getting drafted, you know, obviously LSU um, we talked about is going to have great development for me. It's going to be great baseball and I'm going to have memories that, you know, are just, I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life if that is the path and um, pros is going to be the same way. Like you're going to get the same attention and same development. So just having that in the back of your head, just letting it kind of play out, um, leaning back on, I know I've said it a lot, but just leaning back on those that are, are close to you and that you trust and just talking through the process and making sure that you are doing what you want to do at the end of the day is really important. So, so it's been good balancing that and just looking forward to the next steps. So. Great. Yeah. Well, Kale, appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Um, it's been, this was a fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, wish you nothing but the best of luck. You got a big spring coming up, uh, state championship on the horizon, maybe. We'll yeah. see. Uh, whether you end up down in the bayou or whether you're going to pro ball, whatever it might be, um, you know, look forward to following your journey. And yeah, man, uh, yeah. you go get them. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, no doubt. Loading Sports, Outlier Session Season 3, Kale Fountain, 6'5", 225-pound power hitting third baseman, Norris High School, Nebraska. We'll see you next time.